0: hello and welcome to this week's episode of the spacemen from pluto podcast i'm your host this week james and joining me are
1: ben dan and christian
0: lovely (laughs) stuff boys uh this week we're going to be talking about our favorite films that went straight to streaming so your netflix originals your amazon prime originals But before that, I know that normally we start you off with a little sort of catch-up of what we've been watching this week. We're going to mix things up for this episode because there's been some fairly, like, potentially quite big news in the cinema world in that Warner Brothers have announced that all of their 2021 films will not only be releasing in cinemas as well, but also alongside that, they'll be coming out on HBO Max. So all of their films for a year are going straight to streaming first, which is just mental when you think about it. Like... We all knew that we were getting the Snyder cut of Justice League, and that was going to HBO Max. But all of their films, like this is this is quite big, like potentially quite a big gamble. What do you think?
1: Well, I wouldn't say it's a gamble because uh, HBO Max in America at the moment is like probably one of the fastest growing subscription services purely based on what they've got to offer. I mean, you know. They launched HBO Max, and then a couple of months later, they were like, "Oh yeah, and we're getting the Snyder Cut, and it's coming only to HBO Max, and that's gonna reel in a lot of people, because you know, for years people have been asking, Oh, just just bring out the Snyder Cut, just, just bring it out, we want to see it.' So I'm really excited they, for it. Like, I, they've, yeah, they've reeled people in with that, and so I, I don't think it's necessarily a gamble for them. I think the gamble comes. For cinemas, um, and the the production companies and people involved, who they apparently didn't tell, mm,
2: apparently, yeah, hmm. That's um,
1: very rude. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I mean, I I know that Christopher Nolan's already been very vocal about it. Well, um, some
0: some people, uh, not, I think blaming's a strong word, but some people are saying that maybe the poor performance of tenet is kind of maybe what's pushed warner brothers towards this decision the idea that because this was this was christopher nolan film this should have done well and even that didn't i think warner brothers are panicking a little bit and going what what if like people just aren't going to cinemas anymore or in general what do we do and i think this is the decision they've come
3: to yeah, yeah. like well, ten tenet was uh the the big hope wasn't it for the year to rescue cinema and uh all the cinemas in the UK at least, were very much kind of pitching this film as come back to your beloved cinema experience and and soak yourself in the atmosphere of, of, of uh, Christopher Nolan and Tenet. In and dialogue uh, you can't hear. <laughs> and... <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and the <be>
2: noise. <laughs>
3: that's it, yeah. I mean, even if the film was outstanding and an absolute Nolan masterpiece, I'm not sure it would have convinced enough people to come back to cinemas because it was still a bit of a weird vibe at cinemas at that point um it wasn't exactly the classic experience everyone had kind of everyone was missing uh but yeah um tenet was not a classic film by any stretch nope. of the imagination
1: well, the, the, the weird thing about them resting all of their hopes on tenet is like tenet isn't the best crutch they could have rested everything on because you know while it's christopher nolan it was a it was a 12a i'm it was a tw- yeah it was a 12 in this country right so pg-13 in america you know it, it was it, it's not really a f- christopher nolan's not really a family film director it's not some a, a film you can go and see that everyone would want to enjoy um i i think the best hope that warner brothers would have had of having like a crutch for the cinema would have been probably wonder woman
0: potentially i I don't know i feel like the in general people like nolan films like ever since the dark knight trilogy he's a director that gets people in seats usually but uh, i don't know Tenet was just
2: but it's like not to stray away too far it was in a year where the world was like pseudo ending (laughs) the film to save cinema and for your four of escapism is a film about world war three and the world ending <laughs> yeah. it's not the best that idea is a very good point especially when you've also got bill and ted which is all about hope and the love of music and the song the song to save the world is out as well and nobody watched that so whatever i'd be interested to see if anyone wants to kind of work with warner brothers again because if it's true that these guys don't didn't know that they they were Chowskis and Villeneuve and uh I think the Conjuring as well as one like if they none of them knew would they want to work with them again? Will Nola want to work with them again? It's but
0: it, like, very, their, their it's like their films crazy. are still coming out in cinemas, so like if if it's they the want day, yeah, yeah, if they want the experience of getting to see a film they made in the cinemas, they can. I suppose the the big thing is what will really hit them is anyone who in their contract signed for a percentage of profits instead of yeah. a pay like a higher pay because clearly this is going to affect box office numbers. But I guess there's oh, also yeah. the
2: asterisk of. Oh yeah the film will come out uh, on the streaming the same day as cinemas if they're open. Yes.
0: I, I It's not mm. that's
2: not on their it's not on Warner Brothers conscience if the cinemas are open or not.
0: Sure. I think maybe you this know. is like cinemas prepare not cinemas studios preparing for maybe cinemas aren't opening any day and we we can't afford to keep pushing our films back yeah. and back and waiting for cinemas it's we need a contingency.
1: Again. Yeah. <laughs> well well I was reading last night on on this whole topic because I was trying to find the exact words that Christopher Nolan said, which was something like, "Imagine going to sleep, thinking that you were working for the greatest studio ever, and finding out you were waking up to find out you were being dumped on the worst streaming service ever." He's just burning some bridges. That is, yeah. It it basically he he called out Warner Brothers big time, which is huge considering how much he works for them. But also, um, Legendary Pictures, um, who are working with Warner Brothers to make Dune and. Uh, kong versus godzilla two of the films that are going straight to streaming now um have are already threatening to sue because Whoa, really? they're saying Why? it's wow. a it's a breach of that it's a breach of contract that they weren't told that their films are going mm. straight to wow. streaming
2: that makes sense yeah. really yeah
1: Did, yeah i yeah. hadn't thought of that so warner brothers seem to have tried to Find out a way out of the economic problem of the cinemas not being open, and have instead now backed themselves into an economic problem where everyone could yeah. potentially sue them.
2: And like I don't, they might have thought about it. I think Christian mentioned it off camera. Like I don't know if HBO uh, Max it hasn't got a European or world market. Like it's not on anything else but America. It seems like a very closed-minded domestic, quick gamble. A ploy that you're not you're not really thought, it seems like they haven't thought about the wider no. consequences if, but you think they might have, so I don't if, if they
0: don't have any way for Europeans and Australians and like anywhere apart from America to access their films by paying torrent it'll be absolute torrent city they'll get pirated, oh, yeah. even, and they'll get shared everywhere
2: yeah even mm. if they had the HBO Max over the whole world, you'd just, just pirate it Anyway, yeah, yeah. piracy is going to be easy anyway. Why, why would you pay? Because that's the other thing. It's like once you
0: start releasing new films straight to streaming, it becomes so much easier for people to pirate it, surely.
1: Yeah. Well, You've you've got some of their films that are releasing in the same month um, or like really close to each other. So it's like, oh, why would you go to the cinema and pay like five, ten pounds to go see Kong versus Godzilla when you can just watch it at home? like a a bunch of the films that release it like i have no doubt that june like june going to cinema um will you know it'll still make a decent amount of money because while it'll be on hbo max people will still want the spectacle of seeing that sort of film in the cinema whereas they're more throwaway films like the this new tom and jerry film and all that no one's going to go and pay to see those in the cinema when they can watch them at home.
0: Which is really weird to send films like that to streaming because it's a kid's film. So now, if a family of four want to go see that film in cinemas, they have to buy four tickets, maybe some snacks and all that. If they want to watch it on streaming, that is one subscription and you're done. You are losing so much money by sending family films straight to streaming. It's it's mind-blowing that they would bother doing this.
3: If they copy the Disney precedent where they released Mulan and um, what was the other film they released? Uh, uh, Soul is, uh, is going to be coming they're, straight they're to Disney. Oh, yeah, that's right. They're, they're planning to release Soul. Oh, yeah, uh, they're doing uh, the system where it's something like 20, 25 pounds. Soul, is past... Oh, isn't yeah,
1: it? No, Soul is going on completely uh, included.
3: Wow. Oh, I did not know that. That's interesting. That's really I wonder if that's because
2: they, they did that for Mulan, so maybe it was a failure. Maybe. So yeah, for Soul, we'll we'll just dump it, not dump it. We'll put it on Plus and see well, how they compare. Maybe as,
1: hmm. as of as of us recording this now, Mulan is now f- also free for anyone with a Disney Plus subscription. You don't have to pay that. And has
0: anyone here watched it?
1: No, well, yeah, I watched interested. it. 20, I watched it twenty years ago. When
0: it came out. <laughs> oh, yeah. But this is the thing. I, I think for them to, if and you might be right, Ben, for them to scrap it because Mulan didn't do well. I think maybe just you know was that film ever going to do bits was that the film to test out does a system work maybe not but uh, so does anyone here think that the idea of films coming straight to streaming could be potentially dangerous for cinemas do we think that this is ever really going to be the end of cinemas
3: i mean i i think it's been a long time coming anyway hasn't it but the whole pandemic situation has sped it up sped up the process significantly to the point that we're at now um I think cinemas were kind of struggling to keep their appeal, you know, with the advent of streaming and easy access to films in your own living room. uh, Less and less people wanting to fork out money to come and and see movies. Uh, So they tried to invent different ways to bring people in, you know, luxury seating, uh, different kind of deals and things like this and what have you, Um, which seemed to be working for the most part. But now we have this situation where... You know what are the cinemas going to do now to make people want to come and watch movies? Um, it's 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 a difficult one uh, for, for sure. Um, it, it could well be a really bad thing for cinemas. I think.
1: Yeah, um, yeah. I, I, I'm I'm going to jump on that with you and say that, like, because you know a lot of people are like, oh, well, you know, it's it's only the Warner Brothers films. It's like. Yeah, but that's, that's, number one, that's 17 films. And number two, it's 17 films from one of the biggest, most major distributors of, like, blockbuster summer films are saying, oh, and by the way, you can just watch them, not in the cinema. You know, if anyone else were to turn around and do that, like, uh, if if Universal and if universal and disney decided to do the same thing that would be it like those warner brothers universal and disney hold all of the cards
0: yeah i i think it's a big move and we'll see if it works but i i, I just i can't see it ever really killing cinemas off completely because i think i think studios are going to want they i think the studio would rather put it out in the cinema than streaming because it will make them more money and maybe maybe this is a bit naive coming from someone who loves films but i I just think in general people will would miss the cinema experience like it's better it's bigger you get to make a day of it like i'll be honest also and we can all attest to this having worked in the cinema some people just bring their kids to the cinema for something to do like it's a day out sometimes it just kills time like there are so many different reasons people come to the cinemas that you don't get from streaming so no i I don't think we're seeing the
3: death of cinema going go to the cinema is is an event isn't it that's the thing and 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 my worry is that um you know um, watching a film is going to become much like music how music's become music's become a very disposable thing now you know people don't listen to albums anymore they just listen to singles because they're quickly you know james yeah yeah no big <laughs> for there, yeah. no no but which is, you know, it is what it is because that's kind of the world that we, we live in. But it's, but I personally think it's kind of made the experience of an album release or or music in general feel just more disposable. Like, it's just content that is here today, gone tomorrow. And my worry is that films are going to become like that. Like, this is just another thing that you stream into your living room and you watch it and it's gone. And that's yeah, it. And I, I,
1: there, yeah. There's so many films being made, like... You know, back even 10-ish years ago, it was a lot harder to get a decent film off the ground and make it yourself. Now anyone can pick up a camera, make a film, and find at least someone who will help them organize and distribute it. I think think that's a stretch. I I, it is a it is a stretch, yeah. Like but as
0: someone who did a whole degree with people who want to make films, it's not just as easy as you you pick up a camera and someone will pay you to do it. It's it's oh, no, it's I, hard I, to get a film yeah. off the ground. <laughs> ben, what what do you think on all this?
2: I thought I don't think cinemas are going to go away. Maybe not just yet. Yeah. I think it might be at least a decade away, but I do think they will evolve. I wonder if they will become more like a like a literal like a theatre, where they're not really open nine to five like a shop. They're more open like it's almost like one viewing, like a play, like it's yeah. on. There's one viewing in the evening. I, funnily yeah, enough, yeah. I kind of feel like a place like Home in Manchester might still survive because they show films that are almost not even on streaming. I was about to say, they aren't going to be affected <laughs> yeah,
0: yeah. by this because they're not really showing Warner Brothers anyway.
2: Yeah, so they might be. Well, if they don't shut. Well, while yeah. everybody else is shut, if they can survive yeah. the the lockdown. But I kind of hope, because we had this glorious period, just before we closed the game where they showed loads of old movies. I really want that to be a constant thing, the norm. Yeah, yeah. That will help people come back. Just keep showing old stuff. And loads of people will want to see their childhood favourites or classics in the cinema on the big screen. Yeah, I yeah.
1: mean like most cinemas do weekly things where they have like special films and they'll have you know like i I know that a few of them uh, around here do like oh yeah we're going to do a one-off showing of uh, a japanese anime film or we're going to do a one-off showing of an indian bollywood film they should start doing like a weekly at you know even if it's just once a week one day one film Where it's an old classic that you can come back to the cinema to see. Because that would 100% help people come back to the cinema. I think
0: realistically, it's going to be a case of we see what 2021 brings. Do Warner Brothers do well from it? Do they carry on doing this? And I think that's all we really can do for now is just wait and see. Mm. But uh, I think that's probably a nice place to move on to the main topic of this. And after we've all just sat there and said... Will cinemas survive? Let's talk about the films that are potentially killing the cinemas. <laughs> and uh, <laughs> yeah. some of our favourite films <laughs> that went straight to streaming. Yeah. Does anyone want to kick us off? Although maybe we should talk about Mank, seeing as we spent twice a, about a about whole it. we spent a whole podcast about it last week. And now, we talk about now him, right? we've gone away and watched right, it. What did we all yeah, think?
1: Yeah. Well,
2: right, so <laughs> I was a big off camera I was a big pusher that we all should watch and talk about it because it was the new Fincher film and there's a he has set a bit of a bar of himself some better than others and the bar is quite high but mm-hmm. doesn't mean he should hit it every time but the bar is quite high so there's a, there's, there is a, an innate expectation when you're going into a, the new Fincher film and it's like oh Gary Oldman's in it and it's about the writing of Citizen Kane so it's pretty, this is big stuff Is it though? And well the opening credits were starting <laughs> and I was sitting there <laughs> And then it said, screenplay by Jack Fincher. And I went, oh, no. Because <laughs> at first I thought, um, oh, Fincher's about mid-40s to maybe he's his 50s now. His son might be in his 20s. So, oh, they've, he's written it with his son. It's his passion project. And Netflix have gone, Fincher, Fincher, we love you. We'll let you make whatever you want, regardless of <laughs> Fincher, quality. Fincher. <laughs> yeah, regardless of the quality. And you can write it with your son and whatever. I was kind of half right. It's he's it's his dad's screenplay, but his dad has passed away, and he wrote it in the 90s. And Finch has been trying to make this film since the mid 90s. I did not uh, know. So Netflix have Netflix have clearly run to him, going Finch, <laughs> <sure. laughs> <laughs> we'll do whatever you want. And he's gone. I want to make my passion project. Yeah. And nobody's gone. It's like Jurassic Park. Nobody stopped to go whether you should. <laughs> they were too
0: concerned about whether they could.
2: Yeah, yeah. and
1: oh dear. Yeah. I was, say, I was gonna say that that is what it felt well, like. The the, the f- it felt like he went into like Netflix called him in and they were like, we want you to make a film, and he's like, well, can I make my passion project? And they're like. Yeah, what is your passion project? And he's like, "It's a film called Mank. Here's the screenplay that my dad wrote." And they're like, "Ah, say no more. Here's millions and millions of dollars. Like, no one read it." It's
0: really weird (laughs) to call something a passion project. You know, use the word passion about a film that's just so dull.
3: So yeah, like I, 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 you guys watched this film, right? We got through it. Yeah, (laughs) we pushed. I tried. I tried to watch this film uh And I just got really bored in the first twenty minutes, and just thought, mm, "No, I'm not really into it. <laughs> I'm not going to like this film." The other guys will watch it. I'm interested to know though what was wrong with it. it is it just general dullness all the way through? Because that's the sense of a little getting.
0: bit, yeah. Like it, it doesn't really have a through line. It's cutting between the past, which normally is to set stuff up, like you have a nice plastic timeline to go back and forth and set stuff up. This doesn't. It cuts between when he's supposed to be writing the script and then just other random bits that have happened well, in his
2: life. Okay. So James hasn't seen Citizen Kane. I have not. The mm. the stuff in the past is what gives him inspiration to write Citizen Kane. Right. So Charles Dance's character is the basis of Charles Foster Kane, which is Austin Wells's character. So that's that's it's uh, that's what it's serving as. However, there are sequences in those flashbacks involving all the politics of the time, the interest. Uh, oh, I'm just I'm gonna balls up a word again. The intricacies. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you got it. Well well done, ben. right. The intricacies <laughs> of like the studio system and NGM. Even <clears> then, I was like, this is what. I, it's kind of nice to, you know, a bit of world building, but I was just like, oh, I don't know. I thought it yeah. was about making Citizen Kane. Yeah, <laughs> that's what I thought. And it was very little
0: to do with it. It was nothing to do with the making yeah. of the film. It was a little bit to do with the writing of it. And yeah. maybe this is just me, Ben and Christian, did you feel like the film was made with the assumption that you understood and knew the politics that was going on? Because yeah. whenever they said it, yeah, it yeah. felt like you were supposed yeah. to know who won the election and lit it up. I didn't. And I just yeah, felt I lost.
2: Yeah, you're I, supposed to have known the time, the, the real-life history, and you've sort of watched Citizen Kane. Well, yeah,
1: I, I I, have seen Citizen Kane. It's been a while, but I've seen it. I, you know, I did film studies. I know all about the studio system and how MGM and RKO and all that was was ran. I was still getting lost in the back and forth of the story. And, uh, you know, it's it's a two-hour, ten-minute film. I am not ashamed to say that it took me about four hours to watch because I kept <laughs> pausing it and going off and doing other stuff. Yeah, and like one of um, the nice things
3: about streaming, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, you can do that.
2: <laughs> but like that's the problem with it. Like it's since like Social Network or spe- especially Social Network, the dialogue is like a mile a minute. Yes. Yeah. And they they've done that to this, and it just doesn't quite because it's not soaking <laughs> It just doesn't work. <laughs> it, it, it was yeah. also a thing
0: of like they were they were speaking in that sort of like. 1920s 1930s like hey see kid you know oh look at, at this and it was so quick i was like i, I don't understand this diet. you got a new
2: motion picture this is what he's i mean a, so like yeah. he's a guy and gap <laughs> <laughs> so
0: like, it were, was going so fast i was struggling to understand it just because of the style of it anyway and it was it's so much of it i feel just went over my head uh, but part of me was worried that was me I, i'm glad to see that it's not just me
1: i mean number one i got Four minutes into the film, and I was like, "I'm gonna have to turn subtitles on because <laughs> yeah. I am not following." Oh wow, yeah. But then every sentence, I felt like I was having to analyze it to be like, but, "But but what does this mean? Like, how does this fit into the plot? Like, the 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 message of the plot to me did not come until about forty five minutes before the end,
2: or oh, like five minutes in, because it had a decent. Cause end. I think in because I think in real life, it's it 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 should have been about Wells versus Bankowitz. Yeah, yeah. I think cool. in real, I think in real life, Mankwitz wrote a draft of it, and then Wells took it and then really kind of turned it to Citizen Kane, and you, and especially since the actor of Orson Wells did a really good job, I think because Orson Wells is a very unique character; it's quite hard to pull off. And I think he done a really, especially the voice and the cadence of him. And I thought like it, you, you have Gary Oldman versus Orson Wells in the making of Citizen Kane and it's just him in a bed it's <laughs> like oh <laughs> like I, I will
1: say right i've i've written down some good notes i i love the soundtrack <laughs> yeah, i love the, the yeah, yeah. Uh, i i love the the then the, you know 1940s soundtrack and um i don't know if you guys did but i watched it with headphones on no cuz oh, right, that's nice. often how i watch films mm-hmm. oh. but um because of that i picked up on little details like um Every time someone spoke, you could hear that they'd added, like, a buzzing sort of microphone effect, you know, like a 1940s film would have. They'd sort of muffled and altered the dialogue so that it sounded like a 40s film. And I was like, okay, I like this. Can I just quickly what?
2: tag on to that, Christian? Super quick. Yeah, yeah. Like, they clearly, like, Fincher clearly got in his head about, oh, it's in the 30s and the 40s. We'll make it like a 30s and 40s yeah. film with the black and white, the cinematography. They even put in the black yeah. dot. To make the you know oh, yeah, if yeah. the real film changes, but it's I don't know, then it's like, but the because it's twenty twenty cameras, it just looks so high quality. It just doesn't look like a thir- like it's kind of like a half and half. Like oh, you, it looks great, but it's also got film grain. It just for me it just doesn't work. This this was where I was that. leading
1: to. This was where I was leading to. I was like, my problem was that the the editing of the film and the the way it was shot. Did not match a nineteen forties film yeah. for like you know, there was parts of it, like uh possibly the, the best bit of the entire film is where Mankowitz makes uh, makes the bet that um mm. I can't even remember which politician is gonna win. Uh it's it's at the big yeah. ball where they're already preemptively celebrating uh him, you know so and so to win. Yeah, so and so winning the republican winning yeah um and i loved the the 1940s like shot over shot style where you know it's just his eyes and you can see the glasses coming in and all the sound gets foggy and i was like oh that's that's you know super cool it's a a really well recreated sort of feels like a 40s film but then there was other shots where i was like no this this feels that you know this is a this is a 2020 film like you you're going half assed on yeah. the 40s style. You've yeah. either got to go all in or yeah. don't, don't do it.
2: <laughs> yeah, I completely agree. But, you know.
1: Yeah, yeah. it's a film that's yeah, come it's very
2: It's very mere for me. Um, I, was, I watched a couple of reviews on you, just to kind of gather some sort of like, I thought I was n- crazy watching this. I was like, it's Fincher. And I'm like.
0: But it doesn't feel Fincher. I
2: wasn't, yeah, that's, yeah, it's very no, strange. That, yeah. And like people in the reviews, people are like, oh, it's clearly an Oscar contender. What?
0: No. no. <laughs> For what? If it's nominated, rate, it'll be yeah, mental. It's
3: just, well, yeah. is this what I was going on about in the last last podcast where people over-revere authors and this
2: seems
0: yeah. to be like a case of that. We'll oh, it's got to be good, it's
3: Fincher. We'll see. I, yeah, I was no reviews I, yeah, of yeah, properly. I
0: haven't seen many actual other reviews yet.
2: And like yeah, so quickly off camera James was like, "Oh, I've not seen Mank very publicized i'm not sure we should maybe talk about it that long and i was like oh james is crazy it's fincher i was like he's no he's right because obviously netflix must think oh it's not that good (laughs) we won't publicize it so you know
0: we have it on camera that ben just admitted that i was right (laughs) about something
2: (laughs) well enjoy it's the only
1: time (laughs) i i went on to netflix last night because you you guys had said you'd watched it so i was like right i'll watch it uh I'll, i'll watch it for today's podcast so i went on last night the amount of scrolling I had to do through Netflix, like considering it's a new film, I had to scroll through so much of Netflix to try and figure out where they'd put it. It was on the trending I was like, Man, page. that's where I found it. it. I I couldn't find it on the trending page. Like literally a couple of days after it's come out, it has dropped off the trending page and it has yeah, been it's... been pushed into the backlogs of Netflix push, originals.
2: Like you push, it's the social network guy. It's the seven guy. Mm. Yeah, no, I
3: yeah. Think they did It's just too esoteric of a subject. It's it, it's a weird kind of combination of have of, of you got Netflix the audience expect a certain thing from Netflix and then you've got Fincher and a story that's quite niche about Citizen Kane and you have to know everything about Citizen Kane and everything about the studio system and the politics and it's like just a clash and, and I'm sure Netflix probably thought yeah this is probably good for the brand in certain ways but
2: you know I don't, let's, I don't think let's Citizen Bury Kane, it. I don't think it's on Netflix that that yeah. won't help. Yeah, either. Well, I mean that would
1: have helped. helped. You, 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 you 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 just briefly mentioned the story. The story um, didn't really, like I say, it didn't really come together for me until the last sort of forty minutes, where I was like, oh, now I understand what this message that the message of this film is, and it seemed like a really really long roundabout way of saying Orson awesome Welles is a hack. <laughs> <laughs> but, but,
2: then, like, but but it's not. That's not even true. <laughs> <laughs> like it's like so what are they doing i just like oh i don't know i just don't know like
1: the the, the entire film culminated in sort of that fincher's message being and Orson wells didn't even write citizen kane therefore he's rubbish
2: yeah i was like that's just a bit harsh (laughs) (laughs) he's he was he was pretty 24 and he made citizen kane like that's pretty pretty impressive Uh, So, very strange.
0: Shall we move on to talk about some streaming films that we actually enjoyed?
2: Yeah, I got (laughs) you. I'm I'm sorry I pushed for us to watch that. You did this to us, Ben. The last last
0: time
3: (laughs) you pitch a podcast.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Who wants to take (laughs) us away with their favourite streaming films, then?
2: Go on, host.
0: Me? Okay, so, like, when we decided to do this whole podcast topic, I was struggling a little bit because I... I haven't seen many straight to streaming films. I've watched a fair bit like the straight to streaming TVs, so, like The Boys, The Mandalorian, stuff like that, and I really enjoyed. I'm just a bit behind on the films. Like, I can never watch Bird Box, I never watched Annihilation. I j- I'm just a bit behind them. So I went away and watched a film that I'd been meaning to watch for a while, it had been on my list. And I thoroughly enjoyed it. Uh, I don't know if any of you have seen The Old Guard. Oh, it's a Netflix
3: original oh, with right. Charlize Theron. I have not. No, It's no, no. a
0: really fun ride. So the basic premise of it is she and these three other guys are immortal beings. They can't die. And they've been alive for hundreds of years. Like, they're really old. But because of this, because they've had so much time on Earth... They're trained in so many different fighting styles. They're super skilled with different weapons and guns. And then they run like a little covert black ops team that go in and do missions that no one else could. And straight away, right from the start, like 15 minutes in, I was like, it's almost like this film was made for me because it's got two (laughs) things that I just really love seeing in film. It has a really skilled group of like agents or whatever running like an infiltration, but really well, like super quick, like running past guards, like slitting throats and moving on like really quick and succeeding at a mission because i feel like in films we often see it go wrong for the heroes because you need conflict for an interesting story i like it to, i like to see it go right i like to see <laughs> people like do wells so, like you know at the start of avengers age of ultron we see no stakes yeah no, no not no stakes conflicts. but it's like <laughs> Just so, we, power so when you say like these people are the best of the best they're the top Show me why, like show me why they have this thing, right, yeah. and then does like when they then do get shot, we then see the like similar to the Wolverine effect where you see someone heal like super quick on camera, and I just love that effect. It's really cool. So yeah, in I really enjoyed the old guard. I'd recommend you all watch it. It's I think it's like two hours five. It's a super easy watch. It's got some really good performances. Charlize Theron does a lot of her own stunts, which is nice because. It, there are you do still have your quick cuts for the action sequences, but you can tell it's actually her doing them, so it just kind of helps ground it a bit more. It's yeah, it's just a really fun, enjoyable watch. It's it's quite Netflix in that it it it's nothing super. Uh, I don't want to say unoriginal, but like it's it's in a way almost predictable. Like it doesn't twist, it doesn't throw anything any spanners in the works that you don't kind of see coming. But it's a fun ride. Some really good action in it. I enjoyed it. I'd recommend it to any of you if you get the chance to sit down and watch it because you can because it's free.
3: (laughs) Have you seen um, six underground?
0: I've not. I watched the first opening sequence because everyone said how batshit it was and when you watch it properly, how poorly it's made. (laughs)
3: <laughs> yeah it's a weird one <laughs> but uh, i watched it the other day and uh yeah i thought yeah james will probably like this there's a lot of uh, a lot of explosions and uh there's a lot of uh just general mentalness um yeah it's really weird though it looks like i get what people mean about it, it looks poorly made because it's it's directed by michael bay but it does have a weird kind of cheap look about it. Some shots look like they're filmed with iPhones. Oh, it, it, it's um, like if you... It doesn't look if right. If you
0: watch the first like car chase sequence properly, there's loads of continuity errors with like cuts. Like There'll be someone leaning out of a car window shooting. It'll cut to another shot, and the window's shut and nothing. Then it'll cut back and they're still leaning out. I'm pretty sure there's one shot where the car like swerves around towards the camera and you can still see the plastic... Sort of perspex guard that's between the camera and the person. And it's like, uh. why are you leaving? Like, there's just so many shots and weird things. It's like, why are you leaving this in the final edit? It's it's yeah. bizarre.
1: I mean, it is it is Michael Bay at the end of the day. And you <laughs> nice you, you said you said some of it seems like it's shot on an iPhone. Yeah. It w- it, it I wouldn't put it past Michael Bay <laughs> to be like that. He's like, yeah, I shot half of this film on an iPhone, and it's like, um, why? And he's like, because I could. And it's like, but. <laughs> should you have (laughs) (laughs) just to throw something in there i I remember years ago when the gorillas were like oh yeah and our next album we wrote and produced the entire album on an ipad and it's like okay (laughs) why and they're like because we could and it's like yeah but it's not a very good album and they're like but it was made on an ipad and i'm like that does that doesn't make it a good it's album. A gimmick that gets people in like people <laughs> yeah, who
0: yeah. would not have listened to it before will be like oh made on an ipad let's listen to see if it's any good oh it's not well i've already listened to that <laughs> <laughs>
2: i've given them my yeah. money
0: one thing Dress. i will one last thing i will say about old guard and it leads into this whole topic of streaming versus cinemas i really enjoyed it I've recommended it to other people, but when I was trying to compare it to other films I've seen this year, like new films, I'm like, even though I enjoyed it, I just, I, I don't feel like I can put it above this film because the experience of seeing that film in the cinema was just so much better.
2: Oh, uh, right. Mm. Good callback. Mm.
3: Well, that's what you want from your
2: cinema exactly.
1: experience, the
3: big screen experience, yeah. isn't it? It's kind of something's lost when you watch it on a tiny screen. Mm. Well, comparatively yeah. small screen, anyway. Hmm. Who else wants to take us away, then?
2: I thought uh, Danny was going to go for it. Then he was. I thought, no talking. But... I thought he's going to stop talking. <laughs> I just
3: smoothly transition. Well, Should I? Shall I
2: quickly say section. one because it's a quite or vast. It's oh, yeah. like... Go oh, on, yeah.
3: on, on, fucking whatever. No, go on then. No, Ben, take it away.
2: Because mine's like the total opposite of James's. Um, I think it's a straight to streaming film. <laughs> it's a. It's an Amazon film. I, it might have got a very limited theatrical release i'm not fully sure to be honest but it's like on amazon so it it counts and it was it was made by them like co-distributed and made by amazon what's the film uh, it's <laughs> it's a film called patterson oh, by uh, yeah. jim jarmusch it's a week in the life of adam driver as a bus driver okay
3: anyway adam... next week on. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> it's just
2: like this lovely glorious little film of adam drivers week in his life uh he's a bus driver but he's also a poet and he writes poetry and it's and it's like him on his break writing a poem and it's like the text will come on the screen about his life in the town of paterson and some famous people have there in the past things have some like he some things happens to him but not major things and he's, he lives with his girlfriend who's an artist and so on every day when he returns home she's done something else to the house and you know the curtains are now been painted and the, the guitar has been done he's just like he just has to go like, oh, okay that's great honey and then like you know, <laughs> <laughs> and it's just like a lovely little it's just so it's like i don't know it just totally took me over and it's just like it's much yeah. dreamlike and the way he narrates it adam driver's just awesome and everything he's in he's just a brilliant actor he's just like one of my favorite actors working at the moment it's just a great little film about a guy who drives a bus it's so like anti-cinematic cinematic cinematic as well like there's a bit where he's walking his dog and this car comes up alongside him of like of gangsters or gangster types and like oh that's a really nice dog bro uh that's that's a dog that like people would steal or something and you're like oh that dog's gonna get nicked (laughs) (laughs) And, and then the nothing becomes of it because <laughs> he because like he leaves Good. he leaves the dog outside the bar that he wo- he goes to like he he's going to leave the bar and the dog's going to be gone because it's a film and we watch films and we know it's the yeah. third act and whatever <laughs> you know he just the dog's there and he goes home and goes to bed <laughs> and, it's <just> <laughs> <laughs> and it's just like it's just what started me off properly on the, the jim jarmusch train he makes like these unique films. I just, I, I loved it.
0: You're right. It does sound quite different from the old guard. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> it sounds nice. A total off. No, it does sound good. I, I so, don't it. It's so. It's just, it.
2: it's just this lovely little, uh, just watching out of drivers. <laughs> probably... You love a little slice of life film, don't you? Yeah, yeah. lovely slice
1: of life.
0: Go on, Christian, what, what, which one have um, you got?
1: Well, you, you mentioned it earlier as uh, one of the ones that's been on your list and you haven't watched. Uh, I want to talk about Annihilation. Oh, Hmm. Um, let's go <laughs> back when this came out i was very sort of anti netflix original um i you know most of the netflix originals i'd watch tv shows and films or, or tried to watch i should say like hadn't gripped me in any way and i was like "Ah, oh, there's a certain quality lost from just sort of making a film for netflix netflix just seemed to make anything and then um Alex Garland, who um, the, the the most famous film I can think he's done is uh Ex Machina.
2: There's there's chat that he directed Dread unofficially as well. I think. Oh yeah, yeah, but
1: yeah, he was like, oh yeah, I'm 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 gonna sort of write and direct a film for Netflix, and I was like, damn it, now I'm gonna have to watch it. <laughs> <laughs> I really like Alex Garland, um, and he made Annihilation, which. To be honest, for a Netflix original is like a sort of stunning sci-fi world with like sort of it's tense all the way through as you sort of sit, you try and figure out what this sort of anomaly is, what this world is and how everything's going to pan out. The ending is so utterly bizarre that I, I watched the film the film ended. I sat and thought about it a bit, and then I put it back on and watched it again because I I <laughs> yeah. needed to, to the whole film. Re- just re- the ending, just the the whole film, because I needed to oh, understand. Wow. Okay.
2: Yeah, it's totally it totally leaves you to your own into for you to interpret. Yeah, yeah. And for you, for, you're not really told the answers. It's for you to decide and talk about it with your friends and stuff. You know.
1: But it yeah, it has that sort of. It it has what I go to Alex Garland for, which is sort of weird sort of slowish paced mystery that builds tension and tries to leave you guessing as to what the whole message is going to be of the film how the film is going to end i mean my background is uh the the anomaly from the film it's basically that the film starts with them discussing this anomaly and the entire film is them sending a team of people through the anomaly to try and figure out what it is because it's slowly expanding across the planet, and they need to figure out what mm. it is and how to stop it. Is there anything hidden behind your head that we can't see? No, 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 it's all just...
2: No, it's oh, it's, it's all... like it's more like, it's, just it's like a, a big, big bubble. It's just like, uh, a, like a shimmering, okay, bubbly-like okay. wall that they walk it, it's through. It's a big shimmering bubble. Ah.
1: They walk into it, and things just get very bizarre from there. <laughs> yeah, I don't it, want it, say too much. Yeah, I, I don't want to spoil it for, yeah. for you guys, because I, I really want you to go off and watch it, because but it it like messes with the 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 world inside is intact but altered
2: yeah like the dna of things within it get I th- changed i think i might have seen something that's in there yeah yeah, like yeah it's got christian I, we won't say what it is christian but it's definitely got one of the best horror scenes in like got like the oh, last yeah. ten, the last like 10 years at least it's, wow. it's uh, uh, there's one that's scene that is like oh my god it's brilliant so good because
0: <laughs> wow. like like i said i've not seen it but i feel like it was one of the first sort of like netflix original films that came out and people were like this this isn't just a crappy netflix film like this is an actual film that just happens to be on netflix
2: yeah because I, I was doing a quick little research on it and i think it it was made to because when you look at it it's very it's a very cinematic film i think it was made to come out in cinemas because mm. in america oh, yeah. it was released by paramount in oh, some theaters, okay. I think it did get dumped, or Netflix bought it because it was just going to get lost. So, like, I think Netflix kind of saved it.
1: Yeah, yeah. I mean, like, I, I, I was happy because number one, it introduced the sort of Netflix sort of, you know, the 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 most Netflix viewers to Alex Garland and his, his weird cinematic world that he creates, meaning that he's he's gotten more up because of course the one thing that netflix does provide which is quite nice is if a film does well it provides the filmmakers the opportunity then to be grabbed by other companies everyone's like oh my god they, they did something and it did really well on netflix quick snatch them up now and of course alex garland with x mac and have already had that a24 mark under his belt so he's gone he's, he's gone on to do uh some he's gone on to do some more like amazing films and a tv show
2: yeah he's a writer as well like he wrote a bunch yeah, of yeah. films i think he wrote i think he's worked with danny boyle in the past and stuff mm. yeah
3: speaking of danny oh. damn what's your film
0: <laughs> that you've brought to the table
3: uh well um you know like i was going on before about how cinemas are under threat and um streaming services make the whole experience feel disposable uh well like, I'm going to say something completely hypocritical here and say that <laughs> streaming is actually good for film as well yeah. <laughs> in certain ways. Yeah, indies um, can
2: thrive and live. Exactly, mm-hmm.
3: uh, which is why I kind of like some of the films that have come out on streaming services for the, the, you know that exact reason. I've got a bit of a list, but uh, you know I've settled on one, which I'll talk about. But, I mean, there, there, there are a couple that I really like. There's um, I'm Thinking of Ending Things, which okay. is the... <gasps> Is the like I wouldn't necessarily say I really liked that film, but I really respected the fact that like it got made because Mm. it was so weird, and (laughs) it was very. If you're into that kind of, let's do a deep dive on the symbolism or the or the you know what what's really going on the subtext and all that kind of stuff. then it's the film for you. If, you know, if you're a pretentious film student type thing, you'll probably. It's like
2: one it. of the most pretentious films I think I've ever seen.
3: Oh my god, so prote- like toe curlingly pretentious. I was but, like, this. You know,
2: this, I was just like, piss off. Like, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> <laughs> when she just when she st- when she
3: starts speaking like a film like a film critic from like the thirties or something, yeah. it's like, what are you doing? It, What's is it, going on? This is it, so stupid.
1: <laughs> is it one of those films where the presentation of the film takes precedence over the narrative?
3: Yeah, I mean, like the one.
1: I didn't really want to talk about this for too long, but it's probably <laughs> worth talking about. Yeah, yeah. It's it's one
3: of those films that, like, um, in retrospect, and once you realise what the story is doing, you can go back and watch again, and it kind of it makes more sense. And it, you know you watch it on a second time, and there's a different you come come to it with a different view of things. Um, but if but really narrative in that film isn't it's not a traditional a three-act structure or anything oh but it kind of is but not in the way that you would expect does
1: does it have like a uh, like the the thing i was getting at was like does it have like a creative narrative or is it just sort of like oh we've got a simple narrative and then we've wrapped it in no, cinematic no, it's
3: really really like very it's very creative in how it tells its story i mean okay, to, okay. to kind of give to kind of discuss it in detail will be sort of giving away the joy of watching the actual film so um so yeah um but in terms of how it looks and in terms of the cinematography and stuff and uh, you know the competence of the film on that level it's really nice it's really good to look at it's just if you want a A, point a to point b to point c story you're not going to get it with this film and that's what i like about you know the film and the fact it. You know Netflix actually has taken a risk on on this film and takes risks on independent films in general.
2: Can I quickly um, ask Danny? Yeah. Do you agree the best section of the film is the one the bit in the house?
3: Uh, yes i, th- yeah, I, yeah, I think yeah i think so i, I mean i was what what it was strange because i was i wasn't expecting them to ever leave that house i yeah i, <laughs> thought, actually, I thought that was like, the film yeah yeah and actually like again i won't go into detail <laughs> about what actually happens but yeah it, it, it's a film that did surprise me in several ways um but yeah that was a that was a pretty standout section yeah i thought But anyway, uh, (laughs) yeah, your actual (laughs) (laughs) my my actual pick. Sorry, (laughs) Um, it's probably you know. There's so many good films. What other films have I got? I've got Marriage Story, that was great. I've got The Irishman, another film that wouldn't have been made. You know, without Netflix, exactly. Was it made thirty years ago? Yeah. i it's already, it's already, by the same you know, director. It's uh, yeah. <laughs> like <laughs> so that yeah, that joke, oh Martin Scorsese's done his film again. Oh brilliant, you know.
0: It's like I saw a thing of someone was saying like can we people please stop play- paying Martin Scorsese to make the same film only worse?
2: Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And, and without Ray Liotta he's so good <laughs> in Goodfellas and he doesn't he keeps not casting him again, it really <laughs> annoys me. <laughs> but the film i have <laughs>
3: <laughs> but the film that i've actually decided to talk about <laughs> is uncut gems okay which i really really liked I, I i from from minute 1 that film completely grabs you and it does not let go for 2 hours and it's actually quite a horrible experience <laughs> but <Yeah>. one that <laughs> it's one that by the end of it you're glad you've gone through um but yeah, it's it, it's so strange from like that just the pace in the editing, the dialogue, the way characters talk over each other, there's this constant kind of feeling of chaos at all times. And Adam Sandler puts in a brilliant performance, he probably should have been Oscar nominated. Oh boy, I shouldn't
2: mean, he have he... livid. <laughs> I mean exactly. he definitely should have. Uh, he, he... Him and Sly Oh, Sly not winning's a whole other thing, but him and Sly deserve their Oscars.
3: Yeah, but again, he's one of, one of these obscure anomalies where the, the a rightful nominee doesn't get nominated. Um, but yeah, he's great in that film. Everyone's pretty good, but Adam Sandler just kind of... He's he, cast perfectly, you know? Um, also, the soundtrack was brilliant. I really so enjoyed good. the soundtrack. It was like... Absolutely, Michael Petit like, pro, like really thick, synthy sort of dark <laughs> sounding stuff, and yeah, it just gave this extra texture. Again, here we go to the um to the to the film in general. Like, I, I I thought it was great, um, but yeah, I would recommend it if you can take the anxiety that is coming at you. It's gonna, it's it's an anxiety inducing film for sure.
2: I think you all will... of these films just just put them on. Yeah you, yeah you don't look about by, by on, the end
1: yeah, but by the end of uh, uncut gems you will have been sat in uncomfortable cold sweats for the entire 2 hour duration <laughs> it's just, it's just in a good fun. way james in, in, a, in, in, the, in, in the, the best possible way the like, <laughs> best possible way that that okay. that film just it 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 does it, like you said it does immediately like grip you and it's like and i i'm not letting go as soon as you know i'll let go when the credits start rolling and even then you you just sort of have to sit there and collect yourself and be like yeah what just happened like you got to like grab your own hand and rip it off the like got nails embedded in
2: the armrest
0: well so you know there there you have it we've um, all spoken through some really great streaming films let's uh, round it off by going back to the cinema with our hypothetical this week where we've decided that uh, the question we're each going to ask ourselves is if you could, you've could, you got 12 hours, you're allowed to watch three films in a cinema, any three films ever, and you're allowed to pick one person from the cast and crew that will watch it with you and you're allowed to talk to them during, and then you can design your seat, whatever food you want, what is your like ideal cinema experience for three films? Does anyone want to take us away and start us off?
3: Well, I've just spoke for about 45 minutes straight so maybe
0: someone else <laughs> should, should I go again james <laughs> <Take> <laughs> do you
3: want to start off sure i can start
0: off um yeah, bring us in i'll be honest not the most inventive or creative decisions i've gone with i've just mine was more just a thing of which films do i love that i never got to see in cinemas and who do i think would be interesting to chat to from those films so my first one was i went with back to the future because i've always said that if i had The chance to put on any film in a cinema, it would be Back to the Future. It's one of my all-time favourites. I never got to see it in the cinema, obviously, because I wasn't born. (laughs) And I think I'd take with me Michael J. Fox, just because he seems like a really nice guy. He seems quite lovely. I'd be able to chat to him all about that. He was obviously in all three of them, so there's more than just that to talk to. And he's potentially one of my favourite guest stars in Scrubs, which, you know, if we get a little bit of side time, I'd chat to him about that. Um you second you've
1: got to talk to him about scrubs. Oh, he's
0: so good in scrubs.
1: Like you should
2: before you, if if this was real, you should watch him in Kirby Enthusiasm as well. You'd love him in Kirby Enthusiasm.
0: Okay. okay. I'll add that to the list.
2: Yeah.
0: Uh my second film was again not particularly creative, Return of the Jedi, just because who wouldn't want to see Star Wars on the big screen again? Pick a film that I never got to see in cinemas so I get to watch that. Take Mark Hamill with me, because, again, he's just a lovely guy. I reckon he'd be nice. I can imagine he'd have some fun anecdotes. Uh, it'd be cool to chat to him about, like, you know, when you were making the first one, did you ever imagine it was going to be this big? Um, talk to him about the fact that he's the best Joker ever. So that would be cool <laughs> to talk about. Just And, like, the idea of transitioning between screen and voice. And then fourth, th- third film, even. We'll round it off. This will surprise no one. I'm going to go watch Avengers Infinity War again. I'm going to take Tom Holland with me, because, you know...
2: Oh, of all the people. Well,
0: I did think there's others that might have more stories, but I was like, Tom Holland, mm. he's our age, so it would be, you know, an interesting perspective, maybe more similar to what uh, we've been thinking. That idea of what was it like to, you know, just step into this huge film, this huge franchise, what was that sort of transition like? And, you know, if I talked to him for long enough, chances are he's going to spill some secrets oh, to me. I was going to so say, just
1: squeeze some spoilers
2: out exactly. of him. Exactly, so yeah.
0: it'd be great, I'd get the inside scoop. Well,
2: you wouldn't have <laughs> Downey, of all... The- I
0: nah, did think Downey. Downey, my only thing is, I think I might get on better with Tom Holland, because Downey is so celebrity, whereas Tom Holland seems more like... A guy. Yeah. I think
3: I think Robert Downey Jr., the reason why Iron Man works so well is because he's basically just playing himself on yeah. some level. He's a bit <laughs> crazy. I was and then, you know, say, I just like... go standard.
0: Comfy seats. I'd... Big drink. Probably take oh, a yeah. Mackie's in with me. <laughs> a Mackie's. I, I don't uh... know. So <laughs> what would you no, think? I uh probably a triple cheeseburger large fries 20 chicken nuggets and a large diet coke 20 J- just off the top nuggets. of my head just the know. 20 chicken nuggets <laughs> that yeah the 20 <laughs> chicken nuggets
3: that you meant you meant to share but no one shares nah. no, no no one no one shares. share with
0: me myself and i 20 <laughs> <chicken>
1: nuggets. <laughs> no uh i was i was just just on your affinity war thing i was gonna say like you said why would you not take robert downey jr over Robert Downey Jr., I'd probably take, like, Chris Hemsworth or Mark Ruffalo if I was going to well, go Chris see Evans. that film. I was just going to say Chris, Chris Evans, Evans as well, was maybe yeah.
0: another one, just because I reckon he'd be a laugh. Like, I, I reckon he'd be quite
1: funny. Yeah, Hemsworth, Evans, and Ruffalo are all, like, super chill.
0: Maybe maybe Paul oh. Rudd, although he wasn't oh. in Infinity War, but yeah.
2: Yeah, I think I'd if I had to watch an event, I think I'd pick, like, a Hemsworth or an Evans, just to then just be like look at their chest and just be like, <laughs> like, they, uh, uh, like, how do you look like that? Like, just <laughs> kind hold his bicep and just like kind of stare <laughs> in, a, in, a, in a academic purpose. <laughs> for academic purposes.
0: <laughs> what about you, Ben? What was your choices for this? Oh,
2: I've got a bunch of choices. I know my main one. I... And I know, uh, for starters, we said a oh, one guest, and I can't do. We that. did say one guest. I, I've got like two or three. <laughs> My the biggest God's one sake. I would watch. I would watch uh, "Big Trouble in Little China" with Kurt Russell and John Carpenter. Oh boy, that would be so much fun. Uh, I've I've I listened to the audio commentary like years ago, and it's just Carpenter and Russell pissing themselves laughing at this film and it's also a great film and I think they would have really great anecdotes and Kurt Russell is just the best guy (laughs) and I would love to kind of pick Carpenter's brain and he always has a a difficult time making his movies and good stories to tell and Kurt Russell is just the best person ever I just love Kurt Russell Um, (laughs) I would also I would then I would watch that would be I think that would be in my my first viewing in the morning. Then in the afternoon I'm not bothered about snacks. I can't they can have I would
0: Yeah, they are all a bit secondary in mind. I would let
2: them pick and I would eat what they choose because I'd be interested in what they would eat. That's um, a good answer. I, that's, that's I a would good. I Chicken would Chicken Cottage probably. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> <Russell> loves it. <laughs> <laughs> I would then pick uh I would have the film A Brother Where Art Thou and I'd have the Cohen brothers. And Mr. George Clooney himself. And I would watch (laughs) this, again, very light-hearted. Both comedies. I would watch... I'd love to kind of... I don't think they would answer my questions, but to be near the cones would be great. And George is, like, the best guy ever. Because my first thought was to watch Batman and Robin with him and Arnold Schwarzenegger. That would be pretty good. Oh, that would be great. (laughs) That would be pretty good. (laughs) That would be great. Uh, That would be pretty good. I wanted, And then I thought, well, since George is there, (laughs) (laughs) I thought... You know, I'll I'll get his mates Brad and Matt Damon and we'll watch Ocean's eleven together. I'm not like the biggest like, oh I love Oceans Eleven. I just wanna hang out with Brad Pitt and George Clooney and, <laughs> I'm and Matt Damon. A theme here, man. I just wanna I just wanna hang out with these guys and just like and watch like a fun, light hearted you know. Yeah, just kind of be near just Brad. Everyone. <laughs> yeah. They're all like they're fun, light hearted. They're not like 'Cause I think if I watched Return of the Jedi with Mark Hamill, I think I'd just cry the whole time. <laughs> I think, like oh I couldn't God. I don't think I could handle myself. But those three are very they're not hugely emotional, like childhood films for me, so I could kind of enjoy it and I think they would enjoy laughing at themselves. Yeah. Um that would be my day.
0: That's pretty cool. That's I solid would love day.
2: That. Kurt Russell's the best.
0: <laughs> Go on, Dan, what were your choices?
3: <clears throat> oh well. Um so yeah, my choices. I've gone for a bit. I want variety. I want some variety, so I've picked films based on you know we want the roller coaster of emotions throughout the day. You know we got the twelve hours. We want to feel all the emotions, so you know I picked I picked a you know a, a, an action sort of drama film. Uh, I've picked a comedy, and I've picked a uh, sci-fi epic, shall we say? So yeah, start the day off with. I was going to pick her. You know with Wacky and oh, Phoenix God, but, God, but is... I don't but I don't think that's a good way to start the day I just <laughs> end up not good yeah. so <laughs> I'm gonna watch Gladiator with Wacky and Phoenix because you know talking of emotional films that is actually the first film that made me emotional bizarrely <laughs> enough at the end when the guy goes not yet and it's like you know have you, have you guys seen yeah yeah oh,
2: I, I thought you'd like, pick Russell Crowe for glad because he's a bit of a boy. Nah, nah, nah. I don't. Nah, exactly. He's also I a, bit think, of a prick, but he's a bit of a boy as well. Exactly. You <laughs> see, I think
3: Russell Crowe'd be a bit high mating He's a nice uh, guy, isn't he? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> well, he beat up. someone. And Ryan Gosling. But, he beat someone up with a, a phone. Yeah he, did, yeah, he did. Yeah, he um, did. He's a bit of a boy. No, to be honest, though, I, I, I quite like Russell Crowe. He seems all right but are just a bit mental and a bit high maintenance, which is fine, because aren't we all, really? But, like, uh, <laughs> I'd pick Joaquin Phoenix. <laughs> I'd pick Joaquin Phoenix, though, because he was really good in Gladiator. He Where's my coffee? Sorry. So, I'd pick Joaquin Phoenix because he played a really good part in Gladiator. He's a great villain, and I was like, yeah, this guy is pretty good. I like him. And he is probably my favorite actor. I'd say, Wacky Phoenix. Like, I just I love the guy. He seems like an interesting character, and he always—it's fantastic in in anything he's in. Basically, um, for the second film, I said a comedy because we want a bit—you know—we want to laugh a little after the after the um, drama. So I picked Paddington. A <laughs> 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 little, little bit different. <laughs> That's glorious. And, I'm not sure we can have fictional characters, uh, but I don't care, so I'm going <laughs> to invite Paddington <laughs> Maybe to he'll watch show Paddington up. with me, <laughs> and me and him, you know, we can just have a good little laugh. have marmalade him. sandwiches I just about to say, <laughs> that, that'd be a snack. It'd be brilliant, I think it'd be the best thing ever, that. Paddington, right, not ironically, I'm not saying this ironically... Storytelling wise, is one of the best films that I've seen. Yeah, like it's so, it's so perfect. good. Second, it's one's so, well. second one as well.
2: Yeah. Second one as well. they're both so good.
3: Everything just is so every. Honestly, everything about that film is perfect. Yeah, every, the look of it, the characters, the laughs, um, the pacing, the story,
2: everything. I the just perfect. Like the perfect mind. family film. Absolutely it's for everyone. Yeah. It is for everyone.
3: And that is a truly timeless film, right there. Oh, timeless, trash. brilliant. It really so yeah (laughs) so yeah after we've done with Paddington after me and Paddington have gone our separate ways and he's gone back to I'm gonna I'm gonna finish the day off on on a high because I'm gonna watch the rise of Skywalker right
2: oh my
3: god I'm gonna watch the rise of Skywalker. Okay. I'm gonna put myself through the pain. Why? Why would I do that? I'm gonna watch. <laughs> it's I'm high watch... IQ move. <laughs> exactly. Two hundred IQ move because I'm gonna watch the rise of Skywalker. With... I'm gonna watch it. the rise of Skywalker with George Lucas. Oh! <laughs> 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 I'm just looking at his I face at the reaction. Oh my god, that would be amazing. Yeah. <laughs> Like I just, I just want to pick his brains about like what he thinks of the whole fiasco of the Star Wars sequels and you know, namely the Rise of Skywalker. I thought you were gonna to say J.J.
2: Abrams and like get him to explain himself. What did you do? yourself. <laughs> I just want to
3: see what he, what George Lucas thinks because oh, I, brilliant. you know, he had a whole like he had a whole sequel trilogy planned out. Um, you know, his own sequel trilogy, which they completely ignored.
1: Yeah, he wanted to look at the mini world of the midichlorians. Yeah, because, the... like,
3: everyone loves midichlorians, right? Yeah, so why them. not make three films about them? <laughs> 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 but, um, yeah, I'd be really interested to see what he thought of what they did with his creation. Um, I think we'd have a good conversation about that. That is a
0: and
1: great uh, answer. Oh, yeah, yeah, that's... And, uh, yeah... That's yeah a, I and don't know if I can follow that.
2: God, I you about, keep getting shafted yeah, with these, Christian. Podcasts, you keep adding to... <laughs> I, 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 I'm, I'm always...
1: Everyone always comes to me last, and I'm like, oh, God, no. <laughs> <laughs> you, um, Danny, did you come up with that,
2: like, five minutes before we started? Yeah. You're <laughs> <laughs> You're dealing
3: with a genius. But, you know. Okay.
2: <laughs> I always just spat
3: water all over
0: my keyboard. Spit <laughs> <a> take. <laughs> 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 oh. <laughs> So like last night i was sat there like yeah
2: i could do that i could do this he's just like nailed it <laughs> go
0: on go christian on. sorry guys follow that
1: yeah i, I mean mine I, mine aren't very inventive picks either to be honest um it there's maybe one yeah there's there's maybe one that will surprise people um but i, I would start the day with Evil Dead 2, Dead by Dawn, and of course, I would bring in the man himself, Bruce Campbell.
2: That was one of my picks, and I thought I won't say it, because I bet Christian... Yeah, yeah.
1: I, I mean, I, I had Back to the Future with Michael J. Fox down, so we're all on the same wavelength here.
2: I would watch, I'd, I'd watch it with Biff than anybody else, because <laughs> he's like cause he's oh, like yeah. so private. I would, I would pick... Um, oh, I forgot his name. Biff's name. I think his name's Tom. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, but,
1: Yeah, Yeah, um, no, I'd, I'd I'd bring in Bruce Campbell because, I don't know, he just seems like a very fun energy to have around. I'd, I'd love to sort of pick his brain about the Evil Dead franchise, but also about everything else he's done and is planning to do, because, you know, he did Bubba Hotep, My Name is Bruce. He, of course, did all the series. He was in all of the, the Raimi Spider-Mans. I'd love to sort of get his insight, being a friend of Raimi's, into... What happened with Spider-Man Four? Because of course, he was meant to be in it as Mysterio, um, and then that all just completely fell apart because of disagreements.
2: You never know, though. The way things are going, they're bringing everybody else back. <laughs> Sam Raimi's <laughs> coming back.
1: Bizarre. I, I, I oh. just, I, I, I said, I said, if, if Raimi can get it done. In Doctor Strange 2, I would just love a scene where it's the exact scene from the end of Spider-Man Far From Home in an alternate universe where it's Tobey Maguire's Spider-Man with Bruce Campbell's Mysterio. wicked. Because that would be just a hilarious little Easter egg that he throws in there. Probably against Marvel's wishes. (laughs) (laughs) But ah oh, it be it be a lot of fun uh, the next film i'd go on to is uh i would sort of keep the comedy going and uh i'd watch clerks well, yes, on the big screen I knew you'd pick of him. course of with course with kevin smith yeah knew you'd pick him oh again, be,
3: that's a good choice right?
1: Yeah. Kev- kevin smith just I, I he's someone that i'd want to talk to cuz he always has something to say i i'd just be like hi and introduce myself, <laughs> and then he'd just talk at me <laughs> yeah. for the entire rest of the the time we were there. Yeah. And he, he, I wouldn't even have to ask; he'd just give me a running commentary as we were watching the film yeah. of what what was going on behind the scenes.
2: I'd love to watch Dogma with him, especially him and Jamie yeah. and like Affleck. Yeah, that yeah, so good.
1: I, if if I had the time, I'd just sit down and I'd invite kevin smith and jason muse and i'd be like right we're gonna watch all of your films <laughs> all of them be good because jay won't remember any of them because he's just <laughs> high so like he'd be like oh this is great <laughs> <laughs> and then um my, my surprise round off the day um i i think uh, you know uh, as someone who quite likes stephen king films i'd i'd uh i'd watch misery And uh, I'd invite in Kathy Bates. Wow. Because, like, she really makes that film. Like, James Carn is great, and the direction and shooting is great. But she is like, if she, if they ever remade Misery, and they didn't do, you know, and Kathy Bates wasn't in it, it would not be the same film. It would not have the same impact. She perfectly portrays Annie Wilkes. And I don't know. I just want to talk to her about that and just pick her brain for a bit yeah yeah just she again she seems like someone interesting to sort of pick their brain and yeah find out uh, not just about that but she's sort of gone on to do other bits and pieces in horror but she also nails comedy she's you know she's got such a wide range Brilliant. not, not well, much more great. to say yeah, than, yeah. i think <laughs> it's a great all... pick
0: yeah man I think there's some great choices in there
1: yeah yeah
0: the problem we keep doing these hypothetical situations and talking about all this and it's incredibly unsatisfying because we never get to do it I never get to see the films we (laughs) talk about we never get to (laughs) go do what we want (laughs) yeah
2: cinemas will close it's not going to happen they won't let us in oh god (laughs) 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 but I think that's
0: uh, all that we've got to say here from the Spaceman from Pluto podcast so you know the usual thank you for watching don't forget to like comment subscribe let us know which films you'd like to go see in the cinema and who you take with you
1: also, all the buttons. Let us know below. about your favourite streaming films. There. Yeah. If there's any, any we should watch. Mank is wank. <laughs> <laughs>
2: That's the headline. I'm amazed, oh, we didn't ma- I'm amazed we didn't do any Mank jokes. Mank me, yeah. I'll be manc. honest when you,
0: when you first said like, "Oh, this is a new film Mank," I was like, "Oh, what is like about Manchester?"
2: Yeah, yeah. I'm Amazed we didn't yeah. do any. Jokes, <laughs> What do you yeah, not mean, mate? And on that, and
0: on that note, <laughs> goodbye. <laughs>